It's now my pleasure to introduce our final speaker of the day, Dr. Bill Takeshita. Dr. Takeshita is a low vision optometrist who presently serves at the, as the consulting director of low vision at Braille Institute. He's also a member of our medical advisory committee and serves as the chief of optometry at the Center for the Partially Sighted and as an adjunct professor at the Southern California College of Optometry. Dr. Takeshita has lectured extensively across the nation on the topics of low vision, computer technology, and assistive technology for children and adults with low vision. Today, Dr. Takeshita will be discussing some of the new advancements in technology for people with low vision. So please join me in welcoming Dr. Bill Takeshita. Well, good morning, everybody. How's the volume back there? Are you able to hear me? Okay, great. Well, boy, this has been quite an exciting morning. I had every intention. I I left about 8.30 to come and to listen to Dr. Taban speak, and uh, there was a a bus that caught on fire on the Hollywood freeway and been on the freeway. So if you were trying to go back towards the San Fernando Valley, I'd say you might as well have lunch here and save yourself a little bit of grief. But today I'd like to share with you a lot about what is new in the field of technology. And for many of you who don't know me, uh, I myself, I am a person who is also low vision. For over 17 years, I was blessed to be able to be a low vision optometrist and help people with macular degeneration each day. And each day, ironically, I would tell patients about how they can cope, what they should do if they do have low vision. We would prescribe special glasses and Many times we could design new glasses so that people would be able to drive again, even with macular degeneration. But lo and behold, in about 2004, I lost my vision. And in 2008, I became totally blind. And even though this is something that's quite uh, tragic in some ways, I could honestly tell each of you that this whole experience of going from having 20-20 eyesight to being partially sighted to becoming totally blind, it really has not been something nearly as bad as what I thought that it was. When my ophthalmologist first told me about my diagnosis, I was just devastated. Like many of you, I was shocked. I was angry. I was in denial. There were so many different feelings that I had. But all I could think of, how terrible will it be to be visually impaired? I won't be able to see the faces of my friends. I won't be able to go to the bookstore and read books. I won't be able to drive a car. I won't be able to play sports or golf. And all those things that I hope that I would someday do in retirement, I wouldn't be able to do it. But as a person who did go through the experience of being visually impaired and now totally blind, I find that my vision impairment really hasn't been anything that has stopped me from doing what I needed to do. In fact, in many ways, I think that I'm busier than ever. And I attribute all of this to the fact that today is the best time ever in mankind to be visually impaired. There has never been a time, never in the 1950s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, or even in 2000, is today that is truly the best time to be visually impaired, simply because of the fact that there is so many advances in technology. As Dr. Taban told you, we're finally, we're finally seeing in the clinic, at the Center for the Partially Society, we see people with macular degeneration constantly, and for the first time, I'm actually seeing situations 
where patients, their vision is actually improving because of these new treatments, these eye injections of Avastin and Lucentis. I'm seeing patients who were legally blind, and after the injection, some of them are no longer legally blind. I'm seeing patients who are able to get their driver's license. Even though it's on a restricted basis, they're able to have that type of independence to drive where we could design specialized glasses with a small telescope to help them to drive. And most importantly, we're seeing that there's so many advances in the field of technology. The founder of the Center for the Party Cited is the late Samuel Janinsky. And he's the gentleman who invented the CCTV, which is a video magnifier that has a screen, and you could simply place a photograph, your mail, a bill, a book underneath it, and you could read with these things. So today, I'm going to share with you what are some of these great advances in technology that I find to be very helpful, and then we're going to open it up to questions and then I think that a little bit later, I believe that Enhanced Vision, one of the leaders who are here today, they're actually going to be raffling off one of their video magnifiers. So that is really a very, very generous thing of them. And let's give them a great round of applause for that. Well, the first thing that we're going to talk about is going to be the advances in optical technology. And what I mean with optical, we're talking about what are some of the advances in the field of glasses and magnifiers. Earlier this morning, Dr. Deban talked to you about all of the new advances in medical and surgical procedures that could help those with macular degeneration. But we also see that there are many advances in the field of optics. Now, many people often believe that glasses can only be made of a certain power, and that's the strongest power that can be made to help one to see. I'm certain all of you have heard from your doctors, there's nothing more I could do. These are the strongest glasses I could make you. Nothing more could help you. But we now have what we call high-index optics, and these are specialized types of lenses that have the ability to magnify the print we now have glasses that could actually magnify the print four to five times just the same way that a magnifying glass could do. So the advances in this type of optical technology means that many of you, if you want to sew, knit, crochet, or you want to do repair work around the house, you could simply put on glasses that would give you that type of magnification so that you could see these types of details. I know that as I was losing vision, there was a point where I realized that my vision was truly getting very, very poor. And I realized that I probably will one day no longer be able to see the faces of my children. I would never be able to see what my wife looks like as we grow older together. And what I did was I took every photograph, and my wife has so many photographs, but I took every photograph that I had and I looked at each one and I stared at it and concentrated and I wanted these things to be burnt into my memory and by using a pair of glasses or any of these other types of optical aids to help you to do that to me it was something that was extremely valuable you know it was priceless and there were pictures of things that I just never even remembered and to see my kids when they were playing was something that was very very enjoyable so we do know that there are now glasses that can help you to be able to read, to write, to handle your own finances. If you're interested in looking at the stock market go down 100 points and go up 100 points, 
We have glasses that could do that for you. In addition to these types of high-powered glasses, we now have glasses that what we call contrast-enhancing glasses. These are glasses that could actually make things look sharper. Many people with macular degeneration, they have the problem that when they look at things, the contrast isn't there. If you're going to try to walk up and down steps and curbs, it might even look like a ramp. I know there were many times that as I was walking, I would actually trip and fall, and because I didn't see that they were steps, I thought it was a ramp, especially those types of concrete steps. Well, one of the things that's very helpful is that there are high contrast types of filters. And even here at Braille Institute, we have some of these types of high contrast filters that could simply fit right over on top of your glasses. Unlike some of those gargoyle, very huge-looking types of things that were available in the past, we have these types of glasses that are called cocoons. And the cocoons fit right over on top, and they're something that are very, very attractive. And you probably would find that a lot of your kids or grandkids and nephews and nieces will say, Hey, you know, let me borrow those. They're pretty cool. So this is something that is also very helpful, and in many cases it will prevent people with macular degeneration from falling and tripping and breaking a hip or a leg because of the fact that they didn't see these steps and curbs. We've also seen some really nice changes to the field of optical hand magnifiers. In the past, hand magnifiers were typically something that Sherlock Holmes would hold up. And the one thing that you have to remember about magnifiers is the fact that the bigger the magnifier, the weaker the power. So a lot of people make the mistake of going to Rite Aid or Walgreens and they buy the biggest magnifier they could find. While those large magnifiers really don't magnify very much at all, and many times these types of magnifiers have so much reflections, so much glare, so much distortion, that it actually makes your vision worse. So you want to go ahead and look for some of the high quality types of optics in these magnifiers. And now we have some magnifiers that have a very, very bright light. How many of you see better when you read underneath the direct sunlight or underneath a very bright light? Clap your hands. <clears throat> yes, and that is something that's very, very common for people with macular degeneration. Lighting is extremely important. And now for the first time we have hand magnifiers that have what's called a LED light bulb. Now, these LED light bulbs are very, very bright, but better yet is that these bulbs last so much longer and they use much less electricity so that patients, you won't have to be changing the bulb and replacing the batteries quite as often. So this is something that I would encourage you to keep with you because with this, you could go to the claim jumper and read that 10-page menu and see what you want to order. And, you know, I can't tell you how enjoyable it is sometimes just to read, you know, about the succulent shrimp and, you know, all these other things. So these types of hand magnifiers are things that you could fit right inside your pocket. And I think that here at Braille Institute, we have a little table out there so you can look at some of those. We also have some other types of devices that are also available that are new in the field of optical low vision. Many of our patients say, you know, if I could only see the television a bit more clearly, or if I could only see the faces of my grandkids or my children when they're at a play, 
Well, we now have different types of glasses that could fit on your face, and these glasses are similar to binoculars, but they're much lighter in weight. With these types of binoculars, if you're going to Vegas and you want to see what's on the stage, you could put these glasses on and see the stage. You could also adjust them so that you could see your dice that are rolling there on the craps table. <laughs> or what one of my patients said, you know, Dr. Bill, all I want is a pair of glasses so when I go down the buffet, I want to be able to see all the different foods I could choose from at the buffet. And with these particular types of glasses, she was able to see all the foods in the buffet without sticking her nose right in front of it and having everybody get mad at her. So there are different types of telescopic glasses, and all of these things are very, very affordable. And these are things that you probably can see here while you're here at Braille Institute today. Now, in other cases, you might then say, well, you know what, I have a little bit more of a specific need, or maybe some of these devices that we have here at Braille Institute don't really suit your needs, or the vision isn't quite clear enough. And that's where low vision optometrists come into play. Low vision optometrists, we are not surgeons, we're not like Dr. Deban, but our expertise is in understanding how can we enhance your vision? What types of glasses can we make? I had a patient last month who came to me from New York, and this was a gentleman who really needed to see things further away more clearly. What we did is we showed him a telescope, and he loved the idea of having a telescope, but he didn't want people to know that he had a telescope on. He didn't want to hold up a telescope to look at things. He said, you know, I'll get arrested with that working at the school. All these, all these kids might report me as being some type of a peeping Tom kind of a guy. So what we were able to do, though, is we actually fit him with a telescope where we actually place a contact lens on his eye and then a pair of glasses over on top. So to everybody, it looks like he's simply wearing glasses. But this combination of having two lenses, a contact lens and a pair of glasses, it works in the same way that a pair of binoculars or a telescope does. So this allows him to see what his students are doing in the back of the classroom. He's able to see all of those types of details. And we also know that now these telescopes are actually being implanted inside the eye. Many people who have macular degeneration will also have cataracts. Cataracts are just a very common thing that happens as we grow older. It's kind of like getting gray hair and things like that. And that's when the lens of the eye becomes discolored. But now the ophthalmologists are doing studies where they are implanting a tiny telescope inside the eye. And this is something that's giving people with macular degeneration much more magnification to be able to see details. So this is also very, very exciting news. Now, the other area where there's many, many advances comes in the area of what we call electronics or adaptive technology. And it was, you know, over 30 years when Dr. Samuel Janinsky, the founder of the Center for the Partially Sighted, invented the first video magnifier, also known as a CCTV. In those days, what it was, it was basically a television set where there was a separate camera and he basically adjusted the camera so it would focus on his papers and Dr. Janinsky would just put his nose right up against the screen and he was able to read at remarkable rates of speed. I couldn't believe how quickly he could read like that. But today, 
these CCTVs are so much more advanced because we now use computer monitors which are very thin and lightweight and they have high definition resolution. So these are things that are extremely helpful. If there was one particular type of tool, if I only had one tool to help a person with macular degeneration and we were in a deserted island and I could only take one device to help people with macular degeneration, that device would actually be the video magnifier. Now the reason that I say that is that because many people with macular degeneration, their vision will change. Even though there are times that I, as a low vision optometrist, can make a pair of glasses that could allow you to be able to read the newspaper or to read the Bible, we unfortunately see that in some cases, macular degeneration might change. And if it does change, sometimes there's a blind spot that kind of gets in the way and it makes it difficult to read. Well, with a video magnifier, we have the ability to increase the magnification any place from two times all the way up to about 80 times. Now, realistically, I've never seen any person who ever needed 80 times magnification, but it's something that's very good to know that if you're looking at something that's very small, that type of magnification is available. During the last year that I had vision, I purchased a video magnifier, and it was something that made a world of difference to me. It enabled me to continue to read all the different types of things that I wanted to read. I was able to look at all those Christmas and birthday cards that my kids drew for me. And I, again, I went through all those photographs. But the main difference that I found personally was that with the video magnifier, I was able to do it longer. My eyes didn't get as tired. Even though I made my world's famous Dr. Bill super duper high powered glasses and I could read and I could see the pictures, my eyes sort of hurt after a while. I would get headaches. I would have eye strain. But with the video magnifier, I was able to do it for hours at a time and it was something that was just much, much easier. In fact, it was something that enabled me to get into sort of a different profession where I would do a lot of legal work in malpractice cases where I would review all of the medical records and read the depositions. So this was something that was very, very worthwhile for me. And for me, even though it was where I only had one year of vision left that I could use it, it was worth every penny. You know, I had the opportunity to be able to get any kind of a video magnifier that I wanted, and many of these vendors were generous enough to offer things to me for free, but I didn't, I didn't really want that. I wanted to go ahead and to purchase something on my own, and I chose something, and it was worth every penny. You know, the ability to go ahead and look at those photographs and see them in vivid color was worth every penny of it. Now, some of you might say, well, these video magnifiers are pretty expensive. They're between two and $3,000 for some of them. And I bought my first car for two to $3,000, right? How many of you bought a car for two to $3,000, right? Well, you know, my, my analysis of all of that was that I knew that I was having to go through the reality that I would soon someday be blind. And I had to then put a price on how worth it is it for me to be able to see these photographs how important is it for me to be able to continue to see these things and do it so for me i realized that i was gonna no longer drive and 
because I wasn't driving, my auto insurance was down by $1,500 a year. So I said, okay, I got $1,500 subsidy, and no longer was I going to have to spend $50 a week on gasoline. So that was another $200 a month or another $2,000. So I said, hey, this machine is free, you know. But there's other ways and there's other agencies that are, are able to assist in many cases with acquiring a video magnifier. So there's the Department of Rehabilitation may help some folks, and there's other agencies. This past year, the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International, they awarded video magnifiers to two non-students. So um, this coming year, you want to look for that particular type of application. But in the field of the video magnifiers, I would say that there's been some major changes this year. We know that for many, many years, Enhanced Vision has been a leader of the Merlin video magnifier. And for me, this is one that I especially like because of the fact that it was so easy for me to change the brightness. I could change the contrast and the brightness so I could see all these things that were written in pencil. And for me, that was the deciding factor that made me choose the Enhanced Vision Merlin. But for you and for many people with macular degeneration, there's other video magnifiers. There's a Freedom Scientific Topaz, and this year, Optelec, they came out with their Clearview Plus, what's called the G2. Now, this is one that could be very helpful for many of you because this CCTV, you could actually move the screen closer to you. So if you have a little bit of problems with your lower back or your neck, this is a monitor where you could bring the screen to you so you don't have to lean forward, and that could be something that could be very helpful. Another really, really significant change this year has been the development of portable video magnifiers. These portables are things that are held in your pocket. They look just like a handheld video magnifier, but the main difference is that they could provide more magnification, they provide you with a wider area to see, and they also have much, much more contrast. So I know that Enhanced Vision is generously going to raffle one of these away today, and this is something that I think you're going to find to be extremely valuable. If you're at the grocery store and you want to read the calories of some of those cookies you're going to pick out, or if you're going to sign the credit card slip, or if you're just going to identify which medications you're taking. I can't tell you how many times I've had patients that have taken the wrong medication and they ended up in the emergency room because they couldn't identify the proper medication. So there's many very, very nice portable video magnifiers. We have the Enhanced Vision Pebble, and I know that they're later this year going to come out with one that's even going to have a bigger screen, so that's going to be very nice. We know that there's also a revised and new and improved Looky portable video magnifier, and one that's also very, very popular is the Freedom Scientific Ruby and the Humanware Versa. So there's so many different types, and for you, you just really need to try it. It's just like what types of shoes do you want? Do you want Florsheim, or do you want something from Macy's or Nordstrom's? You know, you have to see what really fits and works the best for you. We also see that there's some really nice changes and developments in the area of computer technology. How many of you here do email, send email, or use a computer? Clap your hands. Okay, that's great, and I think that's really great. There's actually been studies recently that have showed that for people over the age of 50, you know, people like me too, that one of the most effective ways to keep your brain sharp is to actually use a computer. 
We know that doing crossword puzzles and things like that are very, very helpful, Sudoku, uh, Sudoku puzzles. But we're also really finding that there's a lot of studies that are showing that by using the computer, it's something that really helps the neural connectivity in the brain. In the exhibit halls, I believe today, there's a program that is called Guide, G-U-I-D-E. And if you are a person who has never used a computer, then this is the program that's for you. I have never seen a software program that is easier to use, and it's perfect if you have vision impairment. You could press one button, and it can then say, it will tell you, read my email. And it's going to bring all your emails. So if you get email from your friends and relatives, you'll be able to read it. Better yet, it will magnify it on the screen so it'll be in large print. You could change the colors of the background. And if you want to be really lazy, you could let it read it for you aloud. <laughs> this is something that is very, very handy. And if you like, you could even choose, you know, a British accent if it's going to be so. <laughs> so it will meet whatever your tastes are. But this program guide is something that I think is really, really fantastic because it's also a program that you could put a paper or a book underneath there and you could scan it. So it will scan that page and it will read it aloud for you or it will display it for you in large print on your computer screen. So if you have a lot of other books that are not available in large print or they're not available on audio format for you to listen to, this program could do that for you. So this is a really a great thing that I believe that they're in the exhibit hall, but you should check out the guide program if you're interested in the computers. We also know that there's other types of technology that's available. We see that there are now many different types of cell phones that will talk to you. With these types of cell phones that talk to you, you'll have the ability to do all these different types of things. If your family sends text messages, you could read them by hearing. We now know that there's cell phones that could also magnify all the images that are on the screen. And there's also cell phones that are just good for emergencies that have large buttons, large numbers. So it makes it very, very easy for you. One of the phones that I then just purchased for my father is a phone that's called the Jitterbug. And my father is a gardener. So my father is the least technical person, you know. For him, high-tech is the lawnmower that has electronic ignition there. <laughs> but with this Jitterbug cell phone, all that he has to do is he could press one button, and it takes him to the operator, and the operator will connect him to the people that he likes. So this works out very, very well because he basically is going to call for just emergencies or his family or other friends. So he doesn't need to call a lot of other types of people. But there are a lot of different types of advances in cell phone technology. A couple of other types of technology that I found to be very, very helpful is one device is called the iBill. And the iBill is really helpful for people who have very, very low vision and I'm holding it here in my hand, and it's about the size of a pager, or it's about the size of some of the cigarette lighters that were the silver flip-top cigarette lighters in the old days. So it's about, it's about an inch wide by about an inch and a half tall or so, and all that you do is you would stick the bill right inside there, and... 20. Okay, so I press a button. 20. Hey, I'm pretty rich. My wife gave me $20 today. <laughs> I'm going to buy two hamburgers today. 
so this is a device that that I I find to be so helpful for me as a person who's totally blind. For but for many people who have macular degeneration, this could be very helpful. It's ninety nine dollars, and it's available through a company called Orbit Research. Orbit Research. And I think that here at Braille Institute, we're thinking about going ahead and selling these here. So we're going to try to see if we can make them available here. And the last device that I'm going to talk about before we open it up to questions is there's another device that I use. And how many of you have low vision? And when you go inside your freezer, you got these Tupperware, but you don't know what's inside that Tupperware. Clap your hands. Right? Or how many of you have ever went inside your medicine cabinet? I'll tell you kind of a realistic, honest story. It's kind of a little bit disgusting, but you know what? This is this is realistic. Well, you know, it was one night, and I, I must have ate something bad. <laughs> I, I, I really had a bad stomachache. And so I didn't want to go ahead and wake up my wife. And I'm, I'm going through there, and I'm trying to feel. I want to feel where is that anti-diarrhea medication, you know? But these things, after you take them out of the box, they all feel the same. I didn't know if it was allergy medication or if it was something like that. And so many people who have low vision, we can't identify our medications, especially if it's over-the-counter. You know, for whatever reason, they make those types of things even in smaller print than regular print. So I purchased a device that is called the Pen Friend. And this pen truly has become a friend. And it looks just like a pen. And you press one button to turn it on. And it comes with all of these little stickers. Now, what you could do is I could put a sticker on that medication label. And I put the pen and I tap it with a pen. And then I record. And I'm going to say, this is Emodium for diarrhea. (laughs) And only take one pill. Repeat, only one pill. <laughs> because me being, you know, I, I, I'm such a, a, a smart doctor, I said, well, you know what? This is pretty bad diarrhea. I think I'll take three. <laughs> well, that, that pretty much stuffed me up for quite a while there. <laughs> but this device called the Pen Friend is something that's great because you could label different types of things. You could re-record things on these labels. So let's say you have 20 different volumes of photographs and you want to go ahead and sort of look through those on your CCTV machine. You could put a label on there and touch it and it will tell you. You know, these are the kids' photos from Christmas in 1995. Or you could change that label and do all sorts of different things with it. So overall, this is truly the greatest time to have macular degeneration or any other form of low vision. I truly believe that. I'm very, very grateful for all the vendors and the research and development teams that are making these things possible so that people such as us can benefit. And I, I urge all of you to take the time and to visit the exhibits and look at these types of booths. Here at Braille Institute at our store, we have many other types of devices that you could find to be very helpful. And I know that many times, uh, myself included, I would often think, you know what, I'm not going to spend money on these things because I need to save for my child's college education or our retirement or maybe I'll leave this to my grandkids if my kids ever get married. But you know what? I feel that this is something that will enrich 
your lives to use this type of technology and with you being able to do more things independently it allows you to continue to live at your home you won't have to be as dependent on family or you won't have to go to assisted living and these are the things that make families so happy my parents who were so devastated when i had this diagnosis and i became totally blind they were so devastated they didn't know how to interact they didn't know how to talk to me and when they started to see me use all this technology and when they realized that i could do these things on my own you know it really made their lives better so go ahead and and get those things that are going to help you to achieve those things that you want to do so thank you very much and uh, we'll go ahead and open it up to questions by the way if any of you have any types of uh, questions uh, you could always uh, call me alright uh, you could call me and uh, I'm gonna give you a phone number and uh, my phone number is 310 597-2549 597-2549 so that's the easiest way to get in touch with me. That's, that's my cell phone. So 310-597-2549. The only request I have is don't call me during the Laker game. Okay? Questions? Questions for Dr. Takeshita? Okay. We have about, uh, it's 1149, so we'll take a few questions then. Courtney, are you going to run this? Allison and, Allison and uh, Matt Allison. will do that. Thank you. All right, we have our first question back here. Hi. How do we find these ophthalmologists that will help us with our vision? I've had two different ones, and they look me straight in the eye and say, there's nothing we can do for macular. Um, yes, I the, have the dry macular. Yes, but they the, don't try to give me better glasses or anything like that. Yeah, that's a really good question. And the question is, how do I find the ophthalmologist who will help me? Well, the first thing is to understand the differences between an ophthalmologist and an optometrist. Now, ophthalmologists are surgeons. These are surgeons who diagnose and treat medical conditions such as macular degeneration. For all of you who do have macular degeneration, I would strongly recommend that you would find an ophthalmologist who specializes in the retina, such as Dr. Taban and other types of retina specialists. We're really, really fortunate here in Los Angeles that there are so many different retina specialists who do specialize in macular degeneration. And these are the doctors who can either A, prescribe different types of medications to help, they may be prescribe different types of vitamin therapy to help to either preserve your vision or in some cases it might even improve some of your vision. Or C, there's also what are called clinical trials. Many of the retina specialists in the city are doing different types of clinical trials. I know, for example, uh, Dr. David Boyer and Dr. Jill Hopkins, their group, they're doing different clinical trials, and I'm certain that Dr. Gallimar, Dr. Taban, and many of these other retina specialists are doing clinical trials for dry macular degeneration. So I would recommend that you would find a retina specialist and ask them if they have any types of clinical trials that you might participate in to help with a dry macular degeneration. Now, the second doctor that you then need is you then need what's called a low vision optometrist. 
Now, low vision optometrists are doctors that specialize in making glasses and visual aids or adaptive technology that could be very helpful for you. Here in the Los Angeles County area, um, the Center for the Partially Sighted, where I work at, we have clinics in different parts of Los Angeles. We have them in Tarzana in the San Fernando Valley. We have one in Torrance. We have one in Culver City. And we have one over here in the Pasadena Eagle Rock area. And in Central California, we have one in San Luis Obispo. But there are also other very good low-vision optometrists in the area as well. We know that the Southern California College of Optometry, they have a clinic here in downtown L.A., and that is where optometry students, these are people who are training to become doctors, they do perform low vision examinations. And we also know that there are also other clinics in different parts of Southern California as well. So if you're if trying to find a, a low vision specialist in your area, you could either contact myself or you could also contact us here at Braille Institute. Now at Braille Institute, we also have our low vision consultants. And our staff of low vision consultants are excellent. You know, if I may say so, they are in many ways much, much more experienced than many eye doctors in this area of using low vision magnifiers to enhance your vision. So if you have never had a low vision consultation, I would recommend you would contact one of the Braille Institutes and schedule an appointment with one of the low vision consultants to see how they may help you with some of these devices that I talked about today. Okay, so remember, there's different types of doctors, and you want to go ahead and find one for each. Okay? Okay, we have a question on this side of the room. Yes, uh, I have... Uh Glaucoma, uh, but I but I have central vision, and uh, but I don't see very well with it. Uh, those glasses that you talked about earlier, could they help me? Yes, for people who have glaucoma, glaucoma is almost the opposite of macular degeneration because with glaucoma, we usually lose our peripheral vision and our central vision is better. So there are many different types of glasses that can be designed to help people with glaucoma to be able to read, to write, to see the television, other types of details. And with glaucoma, we also find that people with glaucoma do extremely well with video magnifiers. The reason for this is because with glaucoma, the nerve that sends information from the eye to the brain, some of those nerve cells get damaged. So you need things to be brighter. Now with the CCTVs or like the pebble that they're going to auction off or not auction, raffle off today, this is something that could actually make the print brighter and sharper than what it actually is. So that could be very, very helpful. So for most people with glaucoma, I would say the best solution for reading and writing would be a video magnifier. So you could go ahead and test some of these things out. Next question. Dr. Bell, I have macular degeneration and glaucoma. I can't see the red LED readouts on my appliances. Do you have any idea how to adapt that? The fact the manufacturer says it's cost prohibitive for them to do anything. Okay, yes. The question is, how can she help herself perhaps to see the red LEDs? And this is something that a low-vision optometrist can help you with. In many cases with macular degeneration, the very center of your retina is what's damaged. 
when I began to lose my vision, I had a blind spot right in the center of my eye. Now, the very center region of your eye, the macula, this is where a lot of our color vision cells are. So one of the things that the low vision optometrist will often teach you to do is to actually move your eye in such a way that you could actually use some of the peripheral retina to be able to identify some of those different types of colors. Another thing that's also possible is to use different filters. Sometimes a filter can enhance the what we call the saturation or the intensity of the red, which could make things a lot easier for you to see that. So that would be one option. The second option would be to perhaps see one of the different low vision consultants here and try one of the illuminated hand magnifiers. With that higher illumination, it may then allow you to see the red LEDs. Okay. Okay, this is our last question. I put this question to the speaker before you. What is your opinion about behavioral autometry and the application of sunlight and exercises altering your diet? What is your opinion? Of yeah, the question is, what's my opinion of behavioral optometry? And behavioral optometry is a, a subclassification of optometrists that really study all aspects of vision and how it affects your, your brain and the processing of it. I am actually trained in the area of behavioral, also known as developmental optometry. When I was in practice, I did have a practice that specialized in pediatrics and things. And what we know as behavioral optometry, in many ways, we could actually in improve the vision of many children. For example, many children might have a weak eye muscle where they can't focus clearly to read, and we could either help them by giving them reading glasses that would magnify it. But when a child is young like that, we still have the ability to improve their accommodative focusing skills. So many times these types of exercises can help a child to focus so they don't need glasses. As far as the benefits of sunlight and full-spectrum sunlight, there have been many different studies that have shown that full-spectrum lighting, these are light bulbs that are going to emit a spectrum of light that's more similar to sunlight. There have been studies that have shown that students were able to read longer, concentrate for a longer period of time. So for some of my patients, I will recommend full-spectrum. However, for many patients with macular degeneration, I may not recommend full spectrum because we also know that the blue wavelengths of light could also be damaging for the retinas of people who have macular degeneration, especially if they've had cataract surgery. So the whole principles of behavioral and developmental optometry is something that there are a lot of different types of evidence to support that some of these things can be helpful. For example, the types of foods that we eat are going to be helpful, just as we see with macular degeneration. The ARED study shows that these vitamins could be very helpful. Similarly, for children and adults who have typical normal vision, the foods they eat are going to be something that can play a role in the development and the health of the eye. But the one thing that cannot be stated is that we cannot state with a general blanket that behavioral optometry, or if you were to come to my office and I told you to look towards the sun, that that's going to cure your macular degeneration. Some of these types of comments and things that have been taken from uh, some of the older uh, people in behavioral optometry, some of those things are ridiculous. Okay, So each case is going to be individualized, and when we're talking about behavioral optometry, that is a component that's really quite separate as compared to low vision optometry. 
Okay. Well, thank you very much for your time. Let's give a hand to both of our docs, Dr. Bill and Dr. Tavon. We are so lucky. Like Dr. Bill was saying, we are so lucky in L.A. We have all these wonderful doctors, optometrists, ophthalmologists. We are so lucky here, guys. 